Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We assemble to worship Almighty God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. As an addressable congregation in this nave of Marsh Chapel, a heart for the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city, we so gather as a radio congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM across New England, we so gather as a virtual congregation around the country at WBUR.org, we so gather, and as those who are absent this week yet who may choose to be present next week, we are gathered. We invite your emailed or mailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your decisions about engagement in service and ministry, and as the Spirit moves, your physical presence with us on Sunday. It is the embrace of love divine that gathers us here and now. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church, and because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Hosea, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst. And I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord, who roars like a lion. And when he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us say responsively verses from Psalm 107 with the antiphon. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. Let those who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of our gospel. Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, 
for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Please be seated. Some days ago over lunch, a minister told us about children at summer camp, at church camp. One nine-year-old in pigtails chose horse camp this year. I didn't know Methodists ran horse camp. We do. But on Monday, she fell off or was frightened or something. She cowered through the week, unable to get back on the horse and ride. Her counselor just kept on encouraging, speaking, caring, loving. Friday was the rodeo. I guess that is horse camp graduation. All week, she wrestled, her fear of falling, grappling with her desire to be in the rodeo. Dawn broke on Friday, as it does, and I loved, I really loved the way the minister told us about the rodeo. The girl in pigtails put herself on the horse. The old glue factory mare stumbled around the little circle made of six orange cones. First, the girl hugged the horse's neck and kept her eyes closed. But then, after a little while, she opened her eyes. Then she looked up. Then she sat up, then she leaned back, then she straightened her back, then she dug her knees into horse flesh, then she clicked her tongue, then she slapped the reins, and the old glue factory mayor just plodded along at the same pace. But the jockey beamed. She waved to the crowd. She nodded response to her counselor's encouragement, care, and love. And she rode around the circle again, and again, and again, and the rodeo went on for 20 extra minutes. With a little encouragement, a little gr girl grew up a little. All of us ride better when we are loved. It made me think about encouragement. A few years ago, somebody came up with the idea that the Little League champs should play their dads on Labor Day. A picnic was arranged with watermelon and chili dogs. And the right fielder's dad tried not to come. First, he said he had to work, but it was Labor Day. Then a trip was planned. Then he felt ill, but his son kept after him. Dad was at middle age, and he'd always been a simply terrible batter. No big poppy, no grand slam, no game-winning single. He could not hit the broadside of a barn when he was young. And now he was bald, and his glasses were thick, very thick. And speaking delicately, he carried front side a bit, let us say, of a paunch. The thought of facing fast pitching made him squirm. His son, though, was not to be stymied. Dad prayed the night before for rain or a hurricane or untimely death, anyone's. But dawn broke on Labor Day, as it does. Not a cloud in the sky, not a breath of wind, 72 degrees on the Fahrenheit scale. It might, well has, as, might as well have been San Diego. So distraught, Dad went. 
The dreaded moment came, his ups, and he stood in the box remembering every strikeout of 30 years ago, and he thought of running. He adjusted his Coke bottle glasses and sweated, and all of a sudden from right field he heard in the full-throated innocent confidence of his son's voice, come on dad, you can do it, I know you can. And he took a ball, and he stood tall. I know you can. And he took a strike, and he felt a little better. Come on, Dad, I know you can hit it. And over the plate came a fast, straight pitch. Do you know how good he felt to see that little Texas leaguer dropping in behind second base? Rounding first, stopping, he wiped his glasses, he felt good. And behind him, he heard a whisper. I knew you could, Dad. I just knew you could. All of us swing better when we're loved. For the first time in a long time, 30 years, a certain high school basketball team competed in sectional semifinals a few years ago. It is a mystery how this happened. A team shorter, skinnier, weaker, smaller, and less experienced then nearly every opponent somehow succeeded. They grew steadily in ability and confidence. They failed and lost, and in this they learned. Sometimes they won, and in this they learned, too. Every so often you could see, as visible as a cocoon giving way to a butterfly or a snake shedding its skin or a calf standing after birth, one of the players find himself on the court. It was something to behold. The parents, as ever, attributed all losses to bad officiating and all wins to marvelous genes. But before the postseason, the coach sent a personal handwritten note to every one of his players. He thanked them for their willingness to play. He honestly commended their improvement. He admitted how much he enjoyed their company. Then he challenged them to rise to the postseason games, and they did. He wrote personally to one young man, number 43, on the team, writing, My own son is growing and learning to play ball, too, and when he asks me how to play and how to be, I just say, you look on the court and you watch number 43, and what he does, you do. You be like 43. And dawn broke on the day of the sectional game, as it does. And they won. All of us rebound better when we're loved. Some years ago in October, my brother and I trained to run in the Washington Marine Corps Marathon around the Pentagon twice, through Georgetown once, past every good monument and out onto the peninsula. The day before, I had breakfast with dear friends and couragers they at the Pentagon City Ritz-Carlton, later to become infamous in another presidential and relational connection. And dawn broke on that Sunday, as it does, a rainy, cold morning, and I thought I was ready. How wrong. Maybe it was the driving 40-degree rain, or maybe I was just older than I thought. My brother finished more than an hour before I did, and I hit the wall at mile 16. And in the rain, I was passed by young men, young women, old men, old women, waddlers, cradlers, wigglers, people in wheelchairs, moms, soccer moms, and a man from Denver running backward. It was not pretty. Somehow, though, I finished, in part looking back through the encouragement of anonymous curbside exhorters. I was wearing an Ohio Wesleyan sweatshirt, a red sweatshirt. It was encouraging to hear a shout, go, red guy. It was more encouraging to hear, keep going, Ohio. It was even more encouraging to hear, good going, Ohio Wesleyan. But most encouraging of all were the occasional alumni voices shouting, go, oh, woo. The more personal, the more particular the encouragement, the more powerful it is. And I made it to the Iwo Jima Monument, 
and we drove home. All of us run better when we're loved. In similarly beguiling terms, Hosea, how could I give you up, O Ephraim? Paul, God's love is poured out through the Spirit. Luke, one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. In similarly beguiling terms, Paul and others write to us. The letter to the Romans in particular connects and guides us this day. Our reading today could well be memorized and recited daily for the course of a lifetime. Our reading this morning might properly be printed and framed for the office desk or the kitchen counter. Our reading this Sunday could rightly be imprinted upon the heart, written on every human heart. This is the great watershed of the faith of Christ, Romans 5, simply stated for you and me, for the dying. What dim reflections in this life we find of love here in the dark come from the death of Christ. The great peaks in human history dimly reflect this love. Alexander and the glory of Athens, Augustus and the pride of Rome, Michelangelo and the beauty of Florence, Benjamin Franklin and the birth of a nation. The great peaks of spirit do too. Dionysus the Areopagite, Augustine's mother, Katie von Bora, Joan of Arc, Teresa of Avila. Love is not for the simple only. Love is for the wise. One dear friend, now dead, alone in her own way, caught the humor of a single phrase some years ago when she said to me, you know, most of us think of ourselves as temporarily immortal but we are so mortal. You remember the basic points in Romans 1.16, the gospel of which Paul is not ashamed. 2.21, our condition, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. 8.33, hope that is seen is not hope. 10.9, if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. 12.9, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast what is good, love one another with mutual affection. You hear and receive Paul's basic terms in this central high peak now of chapter five. Faith, the gift of God in Jesus Christ, Peace, the closeness of faith and the absence of barrier. Hope, not seen. Glory, heaven, yes, but also the full humanity for which we were made here. Spirit, that which confers and conveys and conducts all of the above. And all of them circling around agape. How could I give you up, O Ephraim? God's love has been poured upon us through the Holy Spirit. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. This is the initiative of God loving us into love and freeing us into freedom. Our business here is dying. Life is about learning to die. Call it memento mori, call it with the ancient church meditatio mortis. How are we ever going to manage? Our almost interminable avoidance will not, in itself, cut it. 32 years ago in the hallway, Lou Martin stopped me with a gift, a dear teacher giving me a copy of a book from his mentor and teacher, John Knox, in the book Knox wrote. To be saved is to be incorporated in Christ. 
that is to belong to this new and heavenly order, primarily eschatological, but even now proleptically present. Isn't that what the Lord's table is all about? Just as the day is present in the dawn. Love alone justifies. Love alone brings peace. Love alone provides space in grace. Love alone hints at glory. Love alone outlasts suffering. Love alone is stronger than death. Love alone stoops to give out for the weak and the lost. Love alone bleeds on our behalf. Love alone reconciles enemies. Are we lovers anymore? Love alone has the grace and power savingly to soften the inevitable collisions, Isaiah Berlin, of personal and social life. Are we lovers anymore? The first Christians even found in suffering something productive. It was their manner of suffering that impressed others. It was their manner of dying. It was Paul's manner of dying, perhaps in Rome, that others noticed. All of us live, and especially all of us die better when we are loved. Amen.
Please be seated. The peace of the Lord be always with you. My name is Elizabeth Fonby Hall. I am the Director of Hospitality here at Marsh Chapel, and I want to give a warm welcome to all of you who are here worshiping with us in the nave. And I also want to give a warm welcome to those of you who are listening from afar on WBUR or later on the podcast. Welcome to Marsh. I'd like to first direct your attention to the red pads that can be found towards the center aisle at the end of your pews. If you would just take a few moments to fill those out for us so that we can get to know you better and so that we can also um, have you get to know the names of the folks who are seated next to you. We'd appreciate that. Today we welcome back Dean Robert Allen Hill to the pulpit. He is the third of our preachers of the, preaching, uh, the summer preaching series. Next week, um, Reverend Dr. Philip Amerson, who is the president of Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in Evanston, Illinois, will be joining us at the pulpit. He is the last of our preachers of the Summer Preacher Series, so hopefully you can join us for that. And lastly, I'd like to warmly invite all of you to the grill out that we will be having on the BU Beach following the worship service, we'll be meeting out under the trees by the picnic table. So all of you are welcome and invited to join us for food and fellowship. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. trust, O God, from thee. So bless these our gifts of bread and wine, our gifts of money, that we who give them and those who receive them may be strengthened in our faith to go out and complete your work of love and justice in the world. Amen. 
Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we show one another signs of his peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. And when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. 
until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On this first Sunday of the month, we especially commend to you the ministry of the chapel and its sermon offerings found on our website. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by speaking with our director of hospitality, Elizabeth Fomby Hall, or one of the clergy, or by leaving a note with us. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or to commence the practice of tithing, of disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard. On this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry here will take in the coming weeks. This month, we are looking for child care givers, those interested in Honduran mission, and those who might want to help in religious education. Please contact Mrs. Hall. Our first year students will be with us on August 29th, and especially that day, we encourage you to come and greet them. Come Sunday. A word of benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.